Hello, listeners, Jimmy here. Just a heads up, um, in this episode, we mispronounce Ari Gross's name. And that is my fault, because before the episode, Jen asked me, I said air, she said Ari, I said air, she went with air, and it was my fault completely. It's Ari, and I apologise, and Jen hates me. <laughs> Enjoy the show. Soul Man is a comedy with heart and soul. It's the best film of 1986, says the Star Telegram. Thank you, sir. Sneak Preview calls it a brash, outrageous comedy. The New York Times says it's its frat house version of Tootsie. And WABC Radio adds it's a wacky comedy. See, Thomas Howell is very good. Right on. All comedies are not created equal. Soul Man, rated PG-13. Now playing. Consult your local newspaper for showtime. Welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we watch movies from our youth to determine if they are problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. I'm Jimmy. Today we'll be discussing Soul Man, which was released in the US on October 24th, 1986, Ireland on April 24th, 1987, and the UK on January 15th, 1988. It was written by Carol Black and directed by Steve Miner. It stars C. Thomas Howell, Radong Chong, Eric Gross, Leslie Nielsen, and James Earl Jones. What's going to happen is we have each thought of three problems this movie has and one positive so we can have a discussion about it. The synopsis is, to fund his education at Harvard, a teen tints his skin to pose as a young black man and receive a scholarship. But then he realizes that being black will cause some people to treat him differently. Right, I have so much to say about everything you just said. Because apparently the UK got this in 1988. But never everyone else got yeah. it in 1986 and 87. It's quite strange to me. Maybe it was a direct-to-video thing. I don't know. I don't see this doing particularly well in UK cinemas in the 80s. Yeah, it was written by Carol Black. Let's just, let's just say that mm-hmm. right off the bat. That's, you know, a bit weird. We have to say why it's weird, just in case. She created... Oh, I didn't even think about the last name. Sorry, that's what you were yeah, talking yeah. about, wasn't it? I was <laughs> thinking was about, about the fact that she created the wonder years and yeah, ellen like yeah. that was weird to me i was like oh yeah. she went on to do like a classy show because i think wonder years is classy um also yeah. air gross was on uh ellen yeah that's true he was but yeah i didn't even think about the last name i feel stupid tints his skin does he tint his skin or is it just some magic pill he takes that just makes his skin that color? Yeah, where did that where did that synopsis come from? Uh, Google. I always take it from Google. Yeah, I thought the word tint was funny. Yeah. So anyway, um, this is the first time Jen and I have ever watched this movie because this was a wheel pick, and this is actually the reason that the wheel was created. Because we we wanted to do the movie. It sounded like something we would do, but neither of us had seen it. I yeah. never even heard of it till you told me. And it's I I guess I just haven't heard of anything because it's just like um Golden Child, where like yeah, I'll ask people. I'm like, have you heard of this movie? Or I'll be like, no. I, I specifically said to people, oh, I'm gonna watch um a movie called Soul Man, and everyone knew what I was talking about. I had never heard of this movie. 
everyone knew I was talking about. And I'm just like, I guess I just don't know movies from the 80s like I thought I did. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd heard of it. I'd never seen it, and I don't know why I never watched it. I don't know. It's just one of those ones that just sort of escaped me. Maybe because it didn't come out here until 1988. <laughs> Maybe it was like a a low sort of under-radar release in the UK. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's been on TV here, but um, but yeah, I just never really bothered about it. It's very weird that I, like you never heard of it, and I never saw it because... <laughs> I consider myself a connoisseur of 80s movies, but I'd never seen this, I'd never seen The Boy Could Fly, I'd never seen Grease 2. Wow, that's a bunch of new movies for you. Yeah, so that is very weird that I'd never seen either of them. Let us talk about problems and who wants to go first since it's not really anybody's pick. Uh, I'll go first. Let's just say blackface. Right, okay. Let's just get that out of the way. Yes. Yes, this movie is problematic for the blackface. Mm -hmm. However, I think, I do think that this movie has its heart in the right place. Mm -hmm. I do think it is a critique on racism and it is a critique on white people and their their attitude to racism. However, I just think it fucks up in the way it presents itself. I will later talk about my opinions of the movie, of the content of the movie, but right now I just want to focus on the fact that blackface is wrong. It shouldn't be done. Mm -hmm. The only time I can think of where I thought it was close to okay, which like, I've heard many opinions from black people on it, and it does vary a lot, but uh, Tropic Thunder, because the whole thing, it's making fun of actors, it's like Robert Downey Jr.'s character found out his role was written for a black man. So he decides to go super method and uh, he decides he's going to play the character black and he's in blackface all the time and acting like a black man. It Since it's kind of criticizing something, that one's kind of iffy. I'll defend it. I'll defend it. I've never had a problem with it, but the fact that some black people do means that I can't completely defend it. Um, like, I don't feel comfortable completely yeah. defending it. But I would, it's the one I would defend if I did. Yeah, but some black people defend this, though. It 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 shouldn't be done. And with this, like, it almost would have been better if they'd gotten, like, either a darker-skinned white person or a lighter-skinned black person and had them not have to change the color of their skin, but, like, insist their... I mean, you wouldn't get a lot of the same scenes, a lot of the same lessons, but, like... Yeah. That's the only way you could do a movie with this plot, I think, and it would be okay, is if it was someone not altering their skin <laughs> for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. And he's a really ugly black man. Yeah. What if, um... Yes. What if he, uh... If the character was, like, he had a black parent, but he passed as white, but then he darkened the skin. He still had the privilege of being white, but then in order he doesn't classify as being black to get into Harvard, so he darkens his skin to be black to get into Harvard. Uh, that would probably be better, but it would also be more complicated because the premise of this is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's. I mean, he's still a spoiled white kid. Yeah. But because he passes his white and his pair, his his mum is white, but like his dad, maybe his dad's no longer in the picture, and his mum, mm-hmm. or the other way around, maybe his 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 mum is black and she's no longer in the picture, and his dad's white and a millionaire or whatever. So he's still brought up as a privileged white kid, and he passes his white. The same plot as dad says, no, you have to pay your own way, and rather than be an adult and take a year off and get a job to pay his own way, 
he does this stupid fucking thing mm-hmm. and basically gets away with it because he learns a lesson. Yeah. Well, this movie definitely couldn't get made today. Like, we're taking blackface so seriously that, like, I mean, I guess I figure better be overly cautious than underly cautious, if that's a term. Um, But it's been taken a little too far. There's an episode of um the D&D episode of Community has been taken down from streaming services because supposedly um uh, one of the characters is in blackface. But the whole thing is that he's playing a character that is black, not in like the african-american sense but like it's like a black Mm. dragon like some sort of black like demon or something and so he's like his skin is like pitch black and their jokes like one of the black characters gets mad at him because she says he's in blackface but he's specifically not in blackface yeah and that episode's been taken down which pisses me off um and then there's an episode of uh golden girls that has been taken off streaming because they're wearing mud masks and Someone decided that was blackface, but it's not. They're wearing mud masks. Yeah. They're not claiming to be black. They're not pretending to be black or anything. It's just mud masks. So that's like kind of ridiculous. But then there are people like, um, like Bill Lawrence who created Scrubs. He, Hulu didn't take down a couple episodes of Scrubs with blackface. He did. He was like, take these down. These, like, I'm embarrassed by these. Right. We've definitely, it took a long time. We definitely got to the point where it's not acceptable anymore. Yeah. Right. Well, my second. My second, my first, no, my second problem, I, I was saying it correctly. My second problem, I'll just add. Wait, into, what was your what was your first problem? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, add, I'm gonna change them around. So this, oh, okay. my second problem is now gonna be my first problem. Okay, you're that was very confusing. Yeah, so I'm gonna change my problems around. So my first problem is, how does anyone fall for this? Because. Like, at all. How does anyone fall for it? And it's, um, you want me to believe that Sarah's a smart person, but she doesn't spot that he's very clearly not a black man. Same with the, a college professor. Mm-hmm. Um, in an interview with The Rap in 2016, Ray Don, jo- Ray Don Chong defended the movie and said it was making fun of white people. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also making fun of the black people in the movie too, because they can't spot a white person dressed as a black man. The main person who kind of led the protest against this movie when it came out was um, Spike Lee, who at that point had had one movie. And he, I, I am interested, I am kind of curious what he would think of the movie if he actually saw it, because he hadn't seen it. Yeah. I don't think, I still don't think he'd like it, but I'm just kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he was against it. And one of the big things for him was that C. Thomas Howell does not look like a black man. And he thinks it makes black people look stupid that they would believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I do think the movie should have had the movie should have had at least one or two black people questioning it or doing a double take or yeah. something. But I also my my only excuse for it is that if you saw someone uh, who looked like that, you wouldn't your mind just wouldn't go to the fact that somebody changed the color of their skin. You would just think it was a weird looking person. Mm-hmm. You would not automatically go to oh that guy is in blackface or taking pills to make him black or whatever like yeah you would just accept that that's how the person looks yeah and you try not to stare at how weird he looks yeah despite the fact he clearly looks like a white boy and talks like a white boy and that looks like a fake head of hair on his mm-hmm. head despite the fact that he does not look at all like a black person <laughs> i i i think that the movie the movie's trying to have it both ways it's trying to say like white people are dumb mm-hmm um, but also presenting these black people in the movie as not being smart enough to... I mean, the college professor should know. Come on. He's 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 in his 50s. He's seen some shit. He should know that this is... 
this is some spoiled rich white boy pretending to be a black kid. It's not on. Honestly, now that I think about it, if I saw someone that looked like him, like, obviously my mind isn't going to go straight to somebody has tinted their skin, right? Because, like, Mm -hmm. that's just so ridiculous your mind wouldn't go there. But I would maybe think they were some sort of ethnicity I didn't know. Like, that maybe they were from some country that, like... I was unaware of or something. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't think, oh, that's a black person. I would just be like, oh, they're from somewhere I'm unfamiliar with. Yeah, fair enough. Like you said, someone should question someone should have questioned it. Mm-hmm. The, the the white guy pointing it out later on sort of comes a bit late because he knows Mark. Yeah. And it takes some it takes some the duration of the movie to work it out. Have someone else question it. Have a like a black person question it. Mm-hmm. The little kid. Have the little kid question it. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. This movie was released in the same year Disney re-released Song of the South. <laughs> I saw that. Which made seventeen million dollars. How how the fuck does that make seventeen million dollars on re-release? I mean this movie was a hit. Yeah, it's so funny, like in some of the things that I read, they claimed that it did badly mm. it did better than wildcats three amigos iron eagle spies like us fx flight of the navigator and children of a lesser god it didn't b- now yeah. without the controversy maybe it would have done better mm-hmm. like the controversy might have hurt it a little but it did fine it made 35 million dollars on a 4.5 million budget it did better than spies like us which is uh dan Aykroyd and chevy chase in their prime comedy movie. Spies Like Us is garbage but I mean at the time um, and Children of Lesser Gods is an Oscar winner. Yeah. So but right okay. <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't like this movie but I didn't hate this movie because there was a couple of moments in it that I quite enjoyed and found humorous. I think that if I liked this movie if when I watched this movie I enjoyed it and I enjoyed the messaging mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to admit it, and so I wouldn't admit it. But right, that you know, yeah, I wouldn't admit that. So I'm just not going to say my opinion. Okay, it becomes a farce like later on mm-hmm. with the whole like parents and all that in the rooms and everything. He's, he's changing from. I like that. I thought that was quite funny. I enjoyed that part of it. When I was done watching it, I went into my husband's office and I was like, um, would it be bad if I liked Soul Man? And he was like, yes. <laughs> and he looked very disappointed <laughs> in me and I just walked away. Yeah, I, I I, didn't hate it. Right. See, for the first half of this movie, I didn't like it at all because I was rolling my eyes at everything mm-hmm. because I was just rolling my eyes at him as a character and then playing Soul Man when he's driving around and it's not even Soul Man by Sam and Dave it's Soul Man by Sam and Lou Reed I don't know the first hour I just I just didn't like it and I was like yeah I, I can see why this movie's problematic why a lot of people don't like it but see once they started like ramping up the comedy in the like the last half hour mm-hmm. I, I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> I was like, I like this farce element. Why can't why couldn't this have been in earlier in the movie, like parts like this? Mm-hmm. So the last forty minutes is like comedy. Why couldn't you have done that? Like add more farcical elements to the beginning. I would have loved it from the start, despite the premise. It would have been more of a farce if um he had actually been painting his skin because you know there would have been stuff you know like maybe it starts raining or you know whatever Mm -hmm. and he has to worry about that but i was i was actually really glad they just did the pills and didn't get into that because i think that would have been a bit much for me but one thing that i think maybe they shot some stuff that was 
more farcical. Uh, according to IMDb, in the scene where Mark first approaches Gordon as a black man, Gordon was originally supposed to believe Mark was going to mug him. An entire scene was filmed where Mark played along with it and made Gordon sing Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. The scene was deleted from the final cut because although funny when filmed, the filmmakers believed it was inappropriate and racist. Okay. It's interesting because it's one of those things like it was clearly made by well-intentioned white people. Yeah. Whether, like, no matter what you think about the movie, I do truly believe that the people who made it had good intentions. Yes. Which isn't, I mean, well-intentioned white people fuck up all the time. Um, I do, mm-hmm. I do anti-racist education and there's, you know, it's like white people will ask black friends for their opinions or what's okay for them to do or whatever when it comes to racism. Mm-hmm. One of the big things that we have to push is that like black people aren't there to educate you. Mm-hmm. Like they aren't there to tell you what to do. You're, you're putting a burden on the, like they're having to work to educate you and that's not fair. Um, yeah. And it's things like that, like well-intentioned white people doing things that like at the least annoying to black people at worst, still downright racist. Yeah. And I think that the people who made this movie fall into that category. And it's one of those things where it's like, they really should have had some black people helping them out here. But then like, yeah, absolutely. Do you really want to <laughs> make black people help with this movie? I think it's interesting that Radon Chong still defends it to this day. She does. While I don't think it should exist because I don't think we should be doing blackface, I do see where she's coming from with a lot of her defense of it. Like, I yeah, yeah, I yeah. totally get, like, I don't think she's being ridiculous defending this movie. No, I, I agree with her in some points of the movie. I, I definitely do agree with, because it is well-intentioned. It is. It's well-intentioned. It's clearly well-intentioned. And um, Blackface aside, it it's kind of a sweet movie. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I see a lot of people complaining about, like, the dinner scene. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all sitting down to dinner, and um, C. Thomas Howell is dressed as a pimp, or he's dressed as an African warrior, and he rips off the blouse of the mother, or, mm-hmm. and people are saying that's racist, and it's like, but that's the point. No, that's it's white people who are seeing this. It's mm-hmm. white people who are imagining this black person like this, well, yeah. who they assume is a black person. It's not saying that this is what black people are. This is dumbass white people seeing it this way. Yeah, it's talking about stereotypes. Yeah, and the kid sees him as Prince, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. The kid sees him as a rock star. With Spike Lee, I also forgot that um, one of the things he said was that Radon Chong's card from the sisterhood should be revoked. Ah! Well, and it was so funny because when I read that, I didn't know her opinions of the movie. Yeah. And I was just thinking, you know, sometimes an actor's got to work. Yeah. Actors take jobs all the time that they, like, you know, there'll be people like Cal Penn that will talk about it now where it's like they've taken jobs were offensive to them because they wanted to work. It's hard to make a living as an actor and you got to take yeah. what you can get. Some some people refuse to do those roles. I totally understand if people take things that are offensive to them so they can work. Um, but then it turns out she she loves it. She said, "I'm very, 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 very proud of it." Like that's that's four varies. Yeah. Um, she thinks it's a gorgeous film, but like to say her that that's pretty harsh. I think that him saying that about her too. It's kind of since that's one of the quotes of his that gets quoted the most about this movie, and the one that sticks out the most. It feels like he's putting the burden of the movie on her. Mm-hmm. Why not James Earl Jones? He, I didn't. He may have said something about James Earl Jones. I didn't see anything about it. And also, just remember, as we said earlier, Spike Lee hadn't actually seen the movie. Mm-hmm. So to say that about Ray Dong Chong when he hasn't even seen the movie is quite 
ridiculous. Let me say this. I Because I have complicated feelings about people who complain about movies without having seen them. Now, if you just like... If you watch a trailer for a movie and you're like, that movie's stupid and you haven't seen it and you just think it's dumb, like... No. Watch the movie before you... I have I have watched things that I didn't necessarily think looked good, just so I could say I didn't like... Like, so I could have an informed opinion. <laughs> it's the same thing with, like, the time... And I've talked about it before, but, like, I joined a book club with my friends that never met. The book club never met. And we read Fifty Shades of Grey, one of the reasons I pushed through and read all the books is because I was like, now when I trash these books, I will have a very informed opinion. I will be able to say I don't like them based on like actual experience. However, when it comes to things that could offend someone, when like the premise Mm -hmm. offends them, I think differently, because I kind of feel like Someone shouldn't have to sit through two hours of something that may hurt them in some way, um, just to prove a point. Yeah. Is that I'm just so conflicted with the idea of, like, Spike Lee should see the movie so that he's informed, although I don't think his opinion would change, or that Spike Lee shouldn't have to watch it because it offends him. It's such a difficult thing. Yeah. It's such a difficult thing for me. Well... If the premise offends them, then they shouldn't watch it. Yeah. Uh, so your second problem was, how does anyone fall for that? Was that your yeah, second problem? Yeah, well? although if you want me yeah. to have a separate problem, I'll just say at the end when he punches those two racist guys, they go flying, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, because that wasn't even really that hard to punch. No, I don't wasn't. imagine that Mark can can punch that that hard. It made me think of The Crush. Oh, the best, the best ending to a movie ever, The Crush. <laughs> um, so my second problem is... And I've written it in big caps of lots of exclamation points, but fourth wall break twice. There's two fourth wall breaks in this movie, Jen. What was the other one? What was the one you noticed? The the one I saw was when he like looks at the screen like, you know I'm about to do blackface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second one is when the neighbour asks him the 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 female sexy female neighbour uh, asks him for help, he looks at the camera and raises his eyebrow. Okay, I must have I must have looked away or something. Yeah. Which, by the way, Melora Harden, who we didn't list in the cast list. Yeah. I don't remember the specifics, because you know how it is when you have a dream. As the day goes by, you remember less and less. But I remember Melora Harden was in my dream last night, and I didn't know she was in this movie. And so it's so <laughs> random. I would have a dream about her. And then watch her in a movie. I don't I don't know her. I didn't know her anything else. So I just put down who I knew in the cast. So. She was on the American office. No, okay. But she's been she's been around for like thirty years and she she's done a lot of stuff and she also um has at least one album. Alright, okay. She has a she has a lovely voice. So that's Melora Harden. Right. So what is your third problem? Um I don't know how much of a problem it is. It bothers me that in the end he gets to stay in the school. And the the girl wants to be with him after he lied to her about being black, right? Yeah. And took her scholarship. But also, he's a wealthy white boy. Like, of course he Mm. got away with everything. But not only that, he he buys his way out of it because he pays for her tuition. (laughs) Yeah. I think even a wealthy white boy wouldn't be able to get through scot-free the way he did. Yeah. I really don't. I think it would have to be... The wealthiest and whitest of all boys to be able to get away with all of that. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, and definitely if it took place today, social media would burn him. Mm-hmm. That guy, um, what was his name? Brock Turner, the guy who raped a girl. Um, mm-hmm. and the judge was like, I don't want to ruin a promising young man's life or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the, the internet has did such a job on him that he had to change his name. He couldn't get hired anywhere. <laughs> 
So who knows what they would do to see Thomas Howell if uh, yeah. this were if this happened today? Which also fuck Brock Turner. Yeah, fuck Brock Turner, scumbag. Oh, and the girl he raped. I feel bad. I don't remember her name, but she wrote a book about it. Mm-hmm. She wrote a really great book, and she's on Instagram and does cute little cartoons. So if I was gonna mention the name of an asshole, yeah, uh, his victim's name is Chanel Miller. And she wrote a book called Know My Name. And she Mm -hmm. documents what it was like, like, not only what her life was like before the rape and then how it affected her, but like in talking about how the press affected things and going through the trial, you really see why most women don't, even if they report it, they don't even go as far as like trying to pursue conviction because Mm -hmm. the whole process is very traumatic and awful. Yeah. And in some ways, it's easier for the victim to just let the rapist get away with it mm-hmm. than to have to put themselves through all that. Yeah. And it's a really good book. And it's and it's not, I mean, it's upsetting. It's not as depressing. as Like, it's, it's hard to recommend books like that because it's like, yeah. hey, do you want to feel awful for, for like eight hours or however long it takes you to read it? But, um... Mm-hmm. It's it's a really good book. And like I said, she's on Instagram and she does really cute little cartoons and stuff. Um Yeah. And seems like a cool person. But um that has nothing to do with this movie, but I mentioned Brock Turner, so I wanted to mention her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good that you mentioned her, yeah. That judge is an arsehole, so Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that whole thing was fucked up. Yeah. But yeah, my point is <laughs> C. Thomas Howell would not do well. <laughs> Like, his no. character would not do well in modern times. Mark Watson. Mark Watson. So my third problem, mm. I watched the music video for the Sam and Lou Reed version of Soul Man on YouTube. Okay. And it is awful. It is a terrible, awful music video. It's got, like, celebrities. It's normal. It's, like, ordinary people and also, like, mm-hmm. celebrities, like, going around miming to the words of Soul Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got like Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd in there for Moonlighting. Oh my god! But then you've also got an animated Gumby. Uh, all right. Um, Gumby is Gumby's um mouth and soul man while dancing animated. Uh, and it's it's just and also there's a brilliant moment where when Lou Reed starts singing for the first time, they're both like in the studio and they're getting the microphones and all that and the headphones. Mm-hmm. The first time he starts singing. <laughs> The look of, like, annoyance that Sam has in his face is mm-hmm. just like, like, why are you singing this? Why why are we singing this song together? Your voice isn't right for this. It's, it's just the way he looks on the first time he sings is amazing. But, yeah, it's a terrible music video. I wish you had sent it to me before we started recording. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Because I, I need to see this. Yeah, yeah it, it is terrible. They're trying to do like the Ghostbusters music video thing where all the famous people come out and start mouthing Ghostbusters and stuff like that. They're trying to do that, but it's mm-hmm. just really badly done. And then you add in Gumby for fuck's sake. And what's that all about? Anyway, what is your positive? <laughs> My positive is that I think this movie did it right. Um, yeah, <laughs> Blackface is terrible and they shouldn't have made the movie in the first place but if they were gonna make it 
they actually did a very good job with the lessons. Like there were times that I wrote down quotes that made me angry, mm-hmm. but then he learned lessons. Like at one point he says, America loves black people when he's like talking about he's going to be black. And I was like, okay, well that's going to come back to bite him in the ass. Yeah. Like Melora Hardin's character. There are people who fetishize mm-hmm. people of color and she like, God, the cringiest line was um, she could feel 400 years of oppression in every pelvic thrust. So cringy, but like there's a lot of, a lot of white women like that. I mean, it goes both genders, but like a lot of white women like that, that feel like Mm -hmm. they are very progressive because they are dating people who are non-white but they're really fetishizing them and it's gross yeah i was actually impressed it was 49 minutes and 10 seconds before anyone said the n-word and it was only Mm -hmm. said the one time so i'm glad they didn't do the 80s thing where they like use any excuse to say it because i was afraid of that Mm -hmm. i like the fact that mark is well-intentioned in the fact that he really thinks he's thought it through and that he's not taking money from anybody that like he has actually thought of that and i like that he immediately feels bad when he realizes he was wrong and it like kind of shows that he wouldn't be doing this if he thought he was taking away from somebody else absolutely um that made me like him um one thing that made me angry was he said a part of me is black on the inside Mm -hmm. and i was like oh god is this is this what we're getting at the end of this movie (laughs) but then as Mm -hmm. we got further because it was close to the end at that point but as we got further he said that he didn't know what it was like to be black and he said if i didn't like it i could always get out and that like this kid he learns as much as i think any white person could learn from his experience like they i feel like as somebody who's studied racism read my share of anti-racist books done my anti-racist education like this is what you hope people learn from racist shit they do like this yeah i don't think he could do it any better in the fact that like it has changed him and that he does want to instead of just trying to make a ton of money wants to get into um, an area of law where he can help people this is a guy who is really like a lot of times you watch movies where somebody learns a lesson and you kind of think yeah but in a couple weeks they probably go back to their old life Mm -hmm. i don't think this guy does no i don't think he does i really especially since we have watched movies from the 80s and so many of them you know they're not trying to be racist but they are racist Mm -hmm. this movie i think it handles a lot of the racism that he deals with and like his reaction to it very responsibly yeah there were things that that maybe i'm overthinking it maybe they hadn't thought about it this much but like with the Mm -hmm. two guys who make all the racist jokes yeah he has to he has to just stand there and take it Mm -hmm. but part of that is you know if he hit them when people think he's black he's gonna get in deep shit yeah but like as a white person that's what you i mean maybe not necessarily punching people but Mm -hmm. like if you are white and have privilege like you should say something because not everyone like the people who are the most offended by these things may not necessarily feel comfortable reacting to it yeah 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 and so like he's using his privilege right there (laughs) to like punch the shit out of these guys because he's not gonna get in trouble for it no these two assholes making black jokes throughout the entire movie it's it's like a progression Mm -hmm. because the first time he hears it he doesn't give a fuck mark mm-hmm. he's just like don't worry about it but then as it progressively goes on and on and on he starts to get more annoyed and more offended by them and then at the end when he's white mm. again he punches them um because he's just sick to death of hearing this bullshit and they're saying it they're actually saying it in front of sarah who is an african-american woman 
Mm-hmm. And they're not just saying it in front of him, who is a white guy pretending to be black now. It's it, there, there was more sort of it meant more in, in that moment when those mm-hmm. guys made that joke about black test tube babies or whatever it was. There's no way they would have flown backwards that far. <laughs> that's I, but I just like I keep going back to the to the line. If I didn't like it, I could always get out, and that's the yeah yeah. It's a great that's, line. You know, a big argument we have here um, in the states is there's the whole Black Lives Matter thing. And then Mm -hmm. people, I mean, people love to say all kinds of lives matter, but the big one is blue lives matter, right? Like, Mm -hmm. meaning cops. And Mm -hmm. the thing that is, that I, that they don't seem to understand that is so frustrating is it's like, you choose to be a cop. You can take your uniform off and people don't know you're a cop. It is a choice and it is a choice that you can hide if you want to. If you're black, you were born black. You not, you can't change it. God, it, like, honestly, with a movie with blackface, like, I feel like there are a lot of racists who would think that the premise of the movie was funny. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the movie for them. Maybe maybe they could learn a lesson from it. Because mm-hmm. I, I do, I mean, and once again, I'm not saying blackface is okay. But um, I do think that there are some movies, books, whatever, that peop- that are offensive and maybe don't handle race the best. But they actually are good for the people who the white people who are in denial about racism and stuff like that like um crash is the big example Mm -hmm. that crash is not a good movie even the guy who wrote and directed it paul haggis he's like that shouldn't have won best best picture it's not a good movie and it like throws racism right in your face the whole movie but i know a lot of people and they're they're usually people who are old enough to be my parents (laughs) like it's an older generation but they will talk about how great it was and it's like like i just remember hearing someone i think dylan's dad talking about how he didn't realize racism was so bad and it really opened his eyes and shit like that and it's like well maybe it's good the movie exists because it gets to the people who need to be kind of hit in the head with it yeah and maybe this movie is in that category where like maybe there's a certain kind of person that could get something from it yeah who who needs to be hit in the head with the lessons like i said earlier i don't hate this movie because i i think there's um i do i do like that i do like the last half of this like the last third act i do Mm. like it it's got amusing moments in it and it's got heart as well and like that line that you've said twice now that line about um, he could always get out. That mm-hmm. I thought that line was quite powerful, mm-hmm. and it was well written that entire scene because he thought he was going to get pummeled for this. He was going to get his arse kicked for this, mm-hmm. and I still don't think he should have kept. I, I think he should have got chucked out of the college because I do think that him staying on in the college doing you know is, is a bit much, mm-hmm. but. He does learn a lesson, and that's an important thing. He actually learns a lesson in this 80s movie. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now that I think about it, I think what I would have liked better is if he did get kicked out of the school, but he ended up going to BU. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he ended up going to BU and studying criminal law, like, that... Yeah. That would be a better ending, I think, because he's still yeah. he's still a rich white guy. Like he's still going to be able to get an education, even if he gets kicked out of Harvard. But and then you yeah. know that guy Brad, who like is so smarmy, even though he's right. Actually, no, he he seems smarmy. We're supposed to think he's smarmy, but honestly, mm-hmm. they were really rude to him when yeah. they got into Harvard. And he, you know what, that guy, I'm I'm unfairly judging him. 
he didn't mm-hmm. do anything wrong. Any pettiness on his part is really deserved. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish he, I wish he had gotten kicked out and then gone to BU. Right. So my positive, and I'm going to do the opposite of what I usually do, and I'm going to say the best friend character. <laughs> because <laughs> usually I hate best friend characters in these types of movies but I don't think Gordon is I don't think he's terrible he goes along with the insanity at first mm-hmm. but his, but Mark's explanation is solid mm-hmm. that he doesn't think he's not taking anything away from anyone and that's what brings Gordon on board it's like right fine fair enough that's as long as you're not taking anything from anybody yeah he's a good friend he's supportive but he pushes back when he needs to i like that. he definitely does he definitely does he, he's not just there just to to be the sidekick and just to go along with everything that mark does and he actually tells him like if he's been a, a dickhead or whatever he's actually there to mm-hmm. push back sometimes and i like that because later on mark says to him uh why didn't you try to stop me? He did. Yeah. But yeah, and it's good that he's not in his class. Like, he's he's a, he, Gordon's away doing his own thing this entire movie. We yeah. don't see him. We only see him when we see Mark, but he's away doing his own class. He's in his own mm-hmm. thing, his own story, his own movie. So I like that, that he's not like there, that, that he's not like the quippy sidekick there yeah. all the time. You know what I mean? Being a smart arse in class and stuff. Well, because it's interesting because these two guys, like, the first thing we see in the movie is Mark is in a room where, like, it's clear he's been drinking a lot. And he's like, mm-hmm. his alarm is set for noon and he's still not getting up. Um, and he has mm-hmm. some girl he doesn't know in his bed. But, like, the fact that they get into Harvard, these guys are good students. They are serious yeah. students. And I'm glad we didn't see that they didn't do stuff that made him his roommate seem like he wasn't taking things. Like, you know, you say we don't see very much of him because he's off in class and stuff. And it's like, I actually yeah. in this movie do buy that these two guys would get into Harvard and that they're very smart. Yeah, exactly. It's just they're... they're it's not as though they cheat or anything. It's like mm-hmm. like lesser movies would probably have him like cheat to get in and then get caught later on or whatever. But no, he's he's clearly a smart person. They're both smart people and they get into Harvard Law School. And but yeah, I, I like Gordon as a character. He's not in it too much. Like the only thing he really does, he takes a picture of uh, Laura Harden. Takes a picture of her when she's sitting in the bed in her uh, lingerie, but it doesn't work. The picture. But doesn't she doesn't work seem to care no either. She doesn't give a shit, no. <laughs> and and he doesn't push when he says, "Can you stand at the window so I can get better light?" And she doesn't do it. He doesn't push. He just—that's the end of it. It's like he's—he's he's not like this sex-driven, crazy sidekick. And I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I may not be confident in whether or not I'm saying Air Grace's or Air Gross's uh, name correctly, but yeah, Air Ari. I I am a fan. He was on Ellen until she like they got rid of some of the cast members of that show. Yeah, and brought in Jeremy Piven, and I love Jeremy Piven, but I really liked Air Gross on that show, and it mm. was he was one of my first lessons in the idea that like because whenever. I was younger, I thought, if someone's a regular on a show, especially if it's a successful show, then they are a successful actor, and they will always be on that same... They should always get roles on the same level as what they had there. Mm-hmm. And then he would show up, like, in an episode of Friends. Like, it, he's done a lot of, like, one episodes of things, and it's like, no, you're just still a working actor. Like, maybe you get more roles. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing the mom from Clerks Explains It All in a little sketch on a some talk show. I don't know if it was Conan or Leno or whatever, and I was mm-hmm. like... But she, but she was a regular on that show. Why is she yeah. in this little thing where she's pretending to be an audience member? I don't. And then I found out she was um, 
like a professor at NYU. And I was like, okay, Probably. maybe actors can be successful in other areas. Yeah. he He's one of those where it's like every once in a while he pops up and I'm like, why hasn't he gotten more bigger roles? Because I think he's really funny. Um, he was on 17 episodes of Castle and I enjoyed him on that. And that's like mm. the other big thing I've seen him in since since Ellen. Yeah. So I have some notes. Okay. I will say them quickly. James Earl Jones is in this movie. He was also in the movie True Identity, in which Lenny Henry plays a black man pretending to be white to hide from the mob. Okay. I laughed at the whole basketball scene <laughs> because that is that is again just showing like these white people, these rich white people, seeing a black man and trying and fighting for him to be on their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, their basketball team and I thought that was quite funny but then he's useless at basketball <laughs> um, because he's white there's a, there's a bit where he's jumping and he's it's like he's going slow motion and he puts the, the ball but doesn't go in the basket it just sticks next to the basket it sort of sticks there and he falls down and then he's laughing in slow motion I liked that I thought that was quite funny um, I didn't know Leslie Nielsen was in this until I started watching it mm-hmm. <laughs> and he a- appears um, and he's a racist and he learns no lesson. Because sometimes racists don't. Yeah, exactly. Most of the time, racists don't. Yeah, but I like that as well. It's like, he doesn't have to. It's not. That's not the point of the movie. Mark is the one that has to learn a lesson. Well, and I, I love the idea that Melora Hardin is probably just rebelling against her dad. Yeah, absolutely. When they're in the library, Mark spills what I assume is coffee on the floor, and then they just walk away, and that's a slip hazard. <laughs> And I just think that that was wrong of them to do that. What if it was carpet? Was it carpet or tile? Do you even know? I think it was. I think it was solid floor. I think it was wooden floor. Okay. Oh, I forgot what my um that I looked up. I used my inflation calendar calculator. All right, cool. Um, so for the uh three years school, mm-hmm. it was going to cost him fifty three thousand nine hundred and seventy nine, which already, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, although in today's money, if it were that much, it would be a lot more doable if you got a job. I mean, you'd have to have a full time job and do school on top of that. But like, yeah, it'd be a little more doable. But um, in uh, 2022 money, um, my calculator does not go to 2023. It would be $145,935.11. Really? That's a lot. <laughs> Almost $150,000. Wow. So next week, Jen, it is your pick. And you have picked something I haven't seen. I have picked something that is so incredibly similar to this movie. I know. <laughs> like, it didn't occur to me until yesterday. I was like, wait a second. Um, just one of the guys. Yeah, just one of the guys in which... Young female high school student pretends to be a boy. Yeah. Although the, the lessons are kind of opposite, where it's like, she's treated unfairly because she's a woman. Mm. And so she, she pretends to be a guy. So it's not exactly the same, but it is someone pretending to be something very different from what they are. Yeah. And I haven't seen it in a while. I'm excited to watch it <laughs> and i've never seen it that's another movie from the 80s i've never seen oh by the way i also want to say last week i joked that i'll wa- i would watch this movie and then i would go find c thomas howell and confront mm-hmm. him about it mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like honestly if i'd watched it and then found him because he was in town yesterday if i i would have just been like it's not that bad you did a good yeah. job like i i would have had nice things to say he's it's so weird he is here all the time yeah because the outsider's house mm-hmm. we got to do that at some point i haven't seen the outsider since high school that's all we have time for if you'd like to follow the podcast it's shift the bench pod on threads shift the is the website contact at shift the is the email address 
Where can people follow you online, Jen? Um, at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. Thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.